Welcome to Not Just Pretty Faces, the podcast that celebrates women who are killing it. I'm so excited to share the stories of brilliant, funny, and powerful women who are tapping into their skills and making tomorrow better. On this podcast, you'll learn how women just like you tackle tough choices, failure, and cultural bias in pursuit of bringing their great ideas to life. These women are the face of change, not just pretty. Hi, I'm Rena Jensen, your host and a mental fitness and resilience coach, and I help women have more success, better relationships, and less stress, which gives them more happiness in their lives. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Just Pretty Faces. Today, I'm so excited. My good friend, Alex Kobelfrakes, the creator of the Agenda Period, is here with us today. And if you have listened to any of the podcasts prior to this one, you know just how frequently I reference the agenda. (laughs) So welcome, Alex. I'm so excited you're here. We've been talking about this for too long. So um, I'm so glad yesterday you're just like, but like, let's schedule it now. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's do it. Right. It's funny that we talk all the time, but we can't, it was so difficult to just like get this on the calendar. So here's, here's the truth is, um, you like, you have to nominate yourself on the form. And like, every time I looked at the form, I was in the luteal phase and I was like, wait, like, I can't say all these like great things about myself. I'll just come back to this later. (laughs) That makes sense. And we are totally going to dive into that in a second. But first we have some quick fire questions that we have. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Where are you from? I was born in Waterloo, Iowa, but I consider Cedar Rapids home. Okay. Home base. Where do you currently live? El Paso, Texas. Who do you text the most? Raina Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, and, and my husband kind of like right up there. Because <laughs> I just see him more in person. So I do like text you all the time. I love it. <laughs> Great. Favorite trip that you've taken? Uh, Guatemala. The first trip I ever took to Guatemala really changed my life. And gave me a travel bug. So it's probably got to give it to that one. That, that's fair. How do you self-care? Stretching and journaling. Love it. Your first job. So that's like some maybe random babysitter gigs. I My first like real job was at Target. Yeah. <laughs> Red and khaki. <laughs> Styles never change. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into it. The agenda period. Let like I know I was actually just having a conversation with Kendra today, and when we know something, we kind of forget that other people don't know all the things that we know. So I know exactly what I want to what I want to like share and have already shared with listeners, but I feel like we need to take a step back. And maybe start at how you got involved in talking about menstrual cycles. Yeah. So like when you, time is funny, right? Cause you look back and you start to see these connections that, or seeds that were planted that you maybe never understood. So when I formally started chewing on this project was in 2018, 
But after I launched the project, my college roommate sent me this message. And she's like, do you remember our menstrual cycle project that we did in our junior year at Warburg? I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, we talked about menstrual health and menstrual equity and like period products, like including cups. She's like, which is why I tried the Diva Cup. I was like, nope, I blocked that out based on some really, uh, toxic shit happening in my life at that time. I do not remember that at all oh, um, yeah. because then I, that's what actually led me to read my senior year, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Christian Northrup and um, Woman Code by Elisa Vitti and all of these really interesting cycle, cyclical pieces of information. And then like any good 20 year old promptly forgot all of that information and ignored all of it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then when my husband and I were, when we were still dating, kept getting into these fights that to me just felt really random. And he sent me this article because he is astute. And the article was called, No soy loca, soy psiquica. I'm not crazy. I'm cyclical. And this woman was explaining, the Spanish woman was explaining these patterns that she had. And when she started writing them down, how she would have the same fight the same day of her cycle with her partner month after month after month in the luteal phase. And so he was just like, this is just like an interesting thing to read and he didn't say anything he just like sent it to me (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious they're like all these little breadcrumbs of the work that were kind of collecting themselves at my doorstep um but then in 2018 I started a health coaching company and it was my first foray into entrepreneurship even though I have a business degree it was really fucking hard to think about running a business versus administering a business that someone else already has right they don't like teach you those skills in business school they do not (laughs) not at all like now they have entrepreneurial degrees which is super cool and it's just I I studied some social entrepreneurship some of those seeds were planted back in college but it's still not the same thing as running start starting a business from zero um So I was having a tough time in that process. So a mentor of mine recommended I track my sales conversions. And I was like, cool, I can make a spreadsheet. And because I like color coding things, I started to highlight all of my yeses, all the sales in green. Uh, So when I was looking back at that document, I started seeing these clumps of green together. And because I'm a a naturally curious person, I was like, what the is going on? Why do why do I have like chunks of green and then a whole bunch of white and then chunks of green and a whole bunch of white? Like, <laughs> well, it's happening. So it kind of all came together in that moment of starting this. This first awareness was this is different. These dates are close together and they are they have higher rates of conversion than any other time of the cycle. So the cycle awareness popped back up into my mind. We should adapt what we eat and how we exercise depending on the hormones and the hormonal programming running in our body. I was like, oh, if that makes sense for almost like everything in your life, I think that's why I'm seeing this connection in work. And it was this big light bulb moment. So it didn't even start out about the period. It was really about ovulation and sales, which is interesting. (laughs) Um, And then I got really afraid because I think I told that same mentor, Hey, like I'm seeing more sales during ovulation. She's like, cool. I was like, okay, that's all. (laughs) Um, And then like a few months later in 2018, I was like, man, I would really love to understand how to time block this, how to know when to focus on intentionally. Um, And I was in a meditation and the idea about a planner came into my mind and like all good 
people who try to follow the universal wisdom, I was like, oh, cool. I got to go buy this. Let me go on Amazon. <laughs> and then I could not find it anywhere. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, what's happening? And then I actually, the next person I told out loud was Alec. Um, was Alec Witters. <laughs> and he's like, that's so cool. You should make an app. And he was like, you're hilarious, Alec. I'm going to make a planner. <laughs> it's really cute that you think that. And he was just like, no, but like, this is, this is so I'm, you know, I studied science. I went to dental school. Like this biologically makes sense to me, but it needs to be a mobile application. I was like, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm not doing that. And then I still was not doing Jack nor shit about this until right. Rena and I had a conversation in February and Rena is really gracious. If you don't know her personally, she's also just like a really awesome person to create and give help that extra push that people need. And so we were in a coffee shop and you showed me your planner. Yep. And I was like, this is super weird. Cause you just showed me a planner. Can I like tell you an idea that I have? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. So I told you about my idea for the agenda period. And you're like, why aren't you making that right now? Yeah. It made no sense to me why you were hesitating. Like, that's fucking amazing. Where is it? <laughs> I was like, in my brain. <laughs> um, and, but like, it didn't matter that you already like what some would consider a competitive product. You're just like, you need to fucking make this. Well, and, and, and in my brain, it was, yes, it's a planner, but it was not the same thing. Nothing similar at all, but we're so, we were so often encounter scarcity mindset, yes. particularly with other women in, in yep. the world of work and in the world of business because of the patriarchy and all that bullshit, <laughs> but like that. So you could have been like, oh, you know, I think that's kind of weird or, but instead you were like, holy shit, stop, go drive home now. And right. make it. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> go make that happen. And isn't it interesting? Like that, that was a pivotal conversation. I never even thought about the, the impact that that conversation had until right this very moment. Like, had I been in that scarcity mindset and said, mm, yeah, I don't know, you wouldn't have done it. I didn't realize that until right now. Yeah, it was a humongous pivotal because I was so scared about it. I was so shy about it. I thought it was super weird. And trust me, it is kind of weird because of the way the world is. Like, people think it's weird. I don't give a shit anymore. But either. like where you met me at that time, yeah, if you would have been like, Cause I was, I was seeing you as someone, I didn't know a lot of other women in business, someone I could look up to someone who had, who was doing something successful already. Cause you had in that conversation, you had told me about the U conference is something you had helped launch. It was like, damn. So she comes to play, like she's coming to do something really cool. So if you would have been like, cause women have that way sometimes when we're dealing yep. with our own shit that it would have been wrapped in a really nice package, but could have totally smashed my yeah. desire to do it. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I think you're, I, you know, if I were you, I'd focus on coaching or I'd focus on this or, you know, I don't know if the world's ready for that. And like, we have that way of doing that to each other sometimes. And it could yes. have led things in a really different direction. But instead you said, not only, yes, you should do it, but I want you to come to the U conferences. And I, I have a whole bunch of other women who can cheer you on while you get this started. Cause this yeah. shit's going to resonate with them. Yeah. And, and like, you did. And it, and it has been <laughs> fucking fire. Yeah, people were so supportive and all those like little baby yeses, that's the thing that really helped to keep it going. And the U conference without a doubt helped close the first Kickstarter and raise the amount of money to launch the product and the company. And 
yeah, all these, all these little breadcrumbs. It's really interesting when we take that look back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm sure I'll have a chance to say this again, but it's in my mind right now. So I'm going to say it right now. Um, for those that don't know, for those listening that don't know, um, in addition to the U conferences, I have launched a U Academy and part of that Academy is talking about and implementing our cycle within our businesses. And I just um, spoke about the Academy this morning at 1 Million Cups. And during that conversation, I said to the crowd, I was like, our top conversation was our cycle harnessing, because that's what we had named it. So it was more socially acceptable, right? Cycle harnessing instead of we're going to talk about menstruation. And I said, I said, um, we are talking about that because we are women. We have a menstrual cycle. We have been shamed for centuries about this. And we are at a point that we give, no, I didn't say fucks, but I wanted to. Um, <laughs> we give no more fucks about people's discomfort regarding our menstrual cycle because having this knowledge of our bodies and knowing how to uh, operate or do when to do certain tasks during the month has been absolutely pivotal for me, um, every woman that was in the academy, and every woman that has has been uh, in your orbit since coming to the first U conference. Every woman that I have ever talked to, and and it's I clearly enjoy what you're doing since I have been talking about it on every single fucking. <laughs> that just gives me the warmest fuzzies. Thank you for saying that. Um, because I cannot undersell enough how this information has reoriented my entire life. I can, I, I can just, I can imagine it, seeing it from my perspective, but to live it on a daily basis, I can only imagine what it has done for you. So let's, yeah. we've talked a lot about how it goes into business and how uh, sales are affected by ovulation. So let's, let's do a quick rundown. What are the phases and why do we need to know this? Yes. So our period phase, number one, uh, from a cyclical perspective, there's this great content. I did not come up with this, but there is a seasonal parallel. That's really great. So some people call it the inner winter. So you feel, think about how you may feel in winter in Iowa right now. <laughs> you may want to be cozy, maybe more hibernation mode. Uh, those are the kind of tasks that we can use to, to kind of connect the dots between how we may be feeling on our period. We may be feeling more internal, et cetera, those kind of things. Um, and this is a great time for planning because there's actually more connectivity between the right and left hemisphere of the brain. So from a business perspective, it's a great time to kind of sit down, tap into your intuition and consider what do you want the next few weeks to look like? Perfect. Awesome. Then the follicular phase is our internal springtime. We may feel a little bit more like a busy bee, a little bit more external, a little bit more like chatting with folks. Um, and this is a great time for doing. So you started to make a plan. Now go do some of those things that you need to be working on. Put put some of the, the pedal to the metal on those different components. Mm -hmm. The next phase is ovulation. This is our shortest phase honestly, thank God, because it can be exhausting. Um, but this is like our internal summer time where we may feel more vibrant, more effervescent. Um, our faces are actually the most symmetrical during ovulation. There, I, I was just chatting with someone yesterday 
there was actually a study done with exotic dancers who are not on hormonal birth control and they made more tips during ovulation. They had them track it. So they made more money during the <laughs> ovul- just like I did in my sales. So did exotic dancers, honey. That was like, that is amazing. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Of course. Yeah, of course. If I find that study, I'll send it to you. But I was just like, I love that. Uh, it just has all these real world implications, of course. And then the luteal phase is like our internal autumn sum- time. We may feel a little, we may have some high energy, but we also may feel a little bit more nitpicky. This can be an intense energy, especially during the first phase of the, the first week of the luteal phase it's the, our, our longest phase. So we may feel, um, I call it my CEO week and like heads got a roll. It's going to happen this week. Cause I got no more fucks left in my tiny bag. Right. <laughs> and, um, um, and then typically a little bit more sensitive during the second week as our hormones start to kind of wind themselves down to the lowest point right before our next period starts. And what's really important to encompass all this information, there is so much shame and stigma and prescriptiveness in this work that exists out in the world that this is just a baseline for you to explore from every, there are many cycles as menstruators and women on the planet. So take what resonates with you and leave the rest. But this just kind of gives a way to initiate that can, that process and that baseline for you to then get really curious about your own body and cycle. Yeah. Which is so, so valuable in so many ways. We had, um, one of the conversations that we had in the U Academy was we, women typically don't like to have tough conversations, right? We don't want to stick up for ourselves or, or, or say exactly what it is that we need. Sometimes we don't know exactly what it is that we need, but when we see this pattern persist, and then we have, we develop also the skills to say, this is what I need. um, Then we can take that and not just in our business, but in our, in our personal relationships as well and say, okay, so from this time to this time, I need more of X, Y, and Z. And uh, that awareness has been so, um, what's the word I want to say? So beautiful for, especially the women that have partners that are trying to build their business because they, they all understood, like, I know that during this time, I am less likely to put up with shit. And it comes out as, like you said, the CEO, right? Heads are going to roll. But really, it's not that bad once we know we can plan for it. And it's also not that fair in relationships to not articulate that. And it's hard because we don't know, but it can really take people off guard because they're not living in your experience. And so we talk a lot in the world of coaching is what of this equation is mine to own? What of this is someone else's? And so typically we find the fights happen because you've had a leaky boundary for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's your and only your job to create boundaries for yourself. And so, yes, maybe they, that have a behavior that you don't like, but then it's your job to do the boundary first, rather than having this like explosive response to those per that person or people. And it's just a lot because we are coming up against all these societal conditionings and expectations, but even the awareness alone, what I've heard from people is even if they can't have those conversations yet, knowing that they're cycling through very predictable and normal 
hormonal fluctuations is completely relieving to them because they always just thought they were crazy. Yes. And that was actually also one of the things that I said today that, that we have been told for centuries, all of those things, but also that we are crazy. And I said, and the truth is we're not crazy. We're cyclical. We're just really tired of your shit during that time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And like, I, I think if I, I know if you told me what day you're on in your cycle versus a man telling me what day he is on, like, I think women are much more predictable. Cyclical hormones are much more predictable yes. than what is a man going to be feeling depending on where he's at in the day of the month? No clue. Versus if a woman's like, I'm day this day, and this is how long my cycle is. I'm like, maybe let's explore this or maybe let's explore that. And she's like, oh my God, that resonates. Yeah. Cause we're actually super predictable. We are incredibly predictable. Once we and know how to read our bodies, once we have the knowledge and the awareness. Yes. Knowledge is power, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's no more reason for us to be ashamed of when we start our menstrual phase that we can't go to another woman and be like, hey, I just started my period. Do you have a tampon? And so many women don't do that. I think I told you about the time that I was at a retreat and I started my period and I, I, walked out into the room where all of the other women were. And I was like, Hey, uh, so I just started my period. Does anybody happen to have a tampon? And the looks on, on most of their faces, because I didn't know a lot of them. them. Yeah. And they were like, no, (laughs) right. And I was like, do you, I mean, it's cool. You know, Asking for asking for me, not for a friend, for myself, a bleeding person right. right now. Like there are 800 million people having a period on the planet every fucking day. We need to get the fuck over it. <laughs> like, yes, yes. We met women and menstruators spend on average eight years of their life bleeding. Yep. Eight whole years and yeah. 100% of their reproductive years in the menstrual cycle. We need to get the fuck over it. So I did, I did not start off to become like a warrior for menstrual equality, but, um, I just have that personality. So whatever, you know, I think it was going to, whatever the cause was, would, it would be the, the same kind of energy towards it. But like right. when I started found this ovulation connection, then I fell all the way down the rabbit hole. And I was like, wait, what? It's like women who are incarcerated, experiencing homelessness, women in the developed world, um, women in the developed world lose on average one year of their high school or their educational experience before college to compared to their male counterparts, because if they cannot afford menstrual products, they don't go to school. Wow. So think of what is that sucking out of this, of this global community of badasses, right? That, yeah. It's, it's just such bullshit. So yeah. So now I'm all the way, it all the way down as far into the rabbit hole as one can go. <laughs> I'm sure there is more. I'm sure there will be more that comes up. Oh God. <laughs> when you, when you, um, when you first got started, you had joined a kind of a business, uh, mentorship program. I don't want to say the name of the, the program itself, but there was a mentor that you had told me about that said what you were creating was niche. Oh yeah. I heard that all the time from yeah. that program. Uh, the first time I tried to find someone to print the, the hard copy of the agenda planner, like he couldn't understand why I would ever need a bulk order of them because it was such a niche market. Yeah. Um, I've heard that comment from a, 
at least 50 men and probably hundreds more have thought it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's because we don't talk about it. We don't talk about. Yeah, I don't know. We, we don't talk about it. But you, I think you had a thread there. Where where did you want to go with that? I did. So um, the that your response, when you told me your response to that statement was, well, half the population menstruates. So tell me how niche it is. And I thought that was like, ugh, perfect. Um, but then you also told me about a book called Invisible Women and um, the Data Gap. I can't remember the whole title of it. Let me tell you how I just like sucked in that knowledge. <laughs> because in chapter nine of that book, that's how much I know this. In chapter nine <laughs> of that book, um, she, the author talks about venture capitalists and um, uh seeking funding for female focused businesses. And, and you have gone through this process as, as an entity, as a, as a, as a CEO trying to find funding and investors, the likelihood of a venture capitalist firm investing in a woman focused company is very, very slim, like hardly ever happens because most of the venture capitalists are men and don't understand the process or the the not nicheness of said female owned tech business or female owned business in general so that's where i was going that's where i was going and as someone who has been seeking funding what has that experience been like for you it was pretty so I, I wanted to, I looked it up. So if people want to read the book, Invisible Women, Data Bias in a World Designed for Men. Yes. Um, and for, for the VC stat is right now only 3% of all venture capital dollars are going to women founding companies, even though femtech is supposed to be like a $1.9 trillion industry. Femtech being like technologies for More feminine humans. products or humans mm-hmm. um, in the next seven years. And so VCs know that. And so what ends up looking like is women's specific products made by people who do not have the problem. <laughs> um, and that happens. So like in, in some ways, they're still even willing to give money to solve some of the problems, but not to the people who actually intimately understand them. Right. <laughs> Which is just like, okay. Should not right. be surprising, like mansplaining at its very finest. Um, so it's it was frustrating at first. It was really frustrating. And some of the questions, you know, that beyond the niche be like, well, like, how do you know this is true? That this is that this is really happening. I'm like, it happened to me. So do you think I'm crazy? Do you do you not believe my word? Do you not understand my my sales data that I've just explained to you? Um and I understand for to have a viable, scalable company, you want more than one person. But like the way that they said it, it was in a in a context and tone of disbelieving even my own firsthand account that this was real. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like right? That was infuriating. Um, and it's it becomes this chicken and the egg because we don't study women the same way that we study men because. Women's hormones are cyclical and they make, so, so creating a cohort makes us undesirable. It's an undesirable characteristic because there are too many variables. Mm -hmm. So 
<laughs> where's the data? We don't have the data. We don't have the data because women are too pesky. So we're going to keep not having the data. Why don't you have right. the data? Well, we're not going to have the data because it's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> the reason we don't have the data is because people don't want to test this because women are seen abhorrent to the norm, which is male hormones. Yes. And, and that, and that is universal. It's not just uh, venture capitalists or anything else. It is everything. It is. Um, uh, so I had a client, uh, last year, a couple of years ago, who is a doctor. She's a female. When she introduced herself to me, she said she was a female doctor. And I said, are you a gynecologist or are you a doctor who happens to be female? And she said, I'm, I'm a, I'm an oncologist. And I said, okay, so you're a doctor who happens to be female. And she's like, what? And then, and then I read some other books that were like uh, the biology of belief, very, very focused on that. And then neurodivergent, which is about ADHD and, and um, the spectrum and how there's no studies done on women with ADD or ADHD. And so that was a very interesting conversation with her because she is in this world in which it is specimen, female specimen. And it, and for her, it can, it doesn't overlap or didn't overlap. So to have, to know that this theme is, this is concurrent in every industry and, and life (laughs) is so fascinating and frustrating for me. (laughs) Me too, because it's a human construct. We could have said that female hormonal pattern is normal. Yeah. And so men would be an ad, like an aberration to that pattern. Yep. <laughs> but that didn't happen because the patriarchy. Um, so <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it, 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 it snuck into all of these ways. And then we're so far away from it that we don't even question that it was a human implemented system and structure. We just yeah. think like, this is reality. We call these kind of bodies reality for human. Mm-hmm. And it misses half of the fucking planet. Yeah. Yeah. What? Right. That, so that's what I mean about the rabbit hole. Um, why this like has implications in everything that we do, because the reason she sees specimen versus female specimen is because of the menstrual cycle. Yep. Because menstrual cycle means a tricky, tr- tricksy way to have to track. And it's too confusing and it's too, well, if we would have stop saying that 50 years ago, we would have just had, someone would have like science their way into figuring out a way to minimize for the variation and have really fantastic studies. Instead of just saying, it's too hard. <laughs> like We're just not right. going to do that. <laughs> too hysterical anyway. <laughs> How's their uteruses? And it's going to be fine. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, and, and then there's that, the whole other, like, maybe, I don't know if we should go there or not. And we might not have time for it. But now I have to say it because I can't leave everybody hanging. But now there's the whole like, <laughs> my body, it's my fucking body. And I I have no use for my uterus, but I can't get rid of it. And I can't do anything to stop having babies because I might meet a man someday that says, who says I want babies. And then, and then what? Anyway, so that was the path that I don't mean to go down, but also had to say well, that's like a whole other podcast it's like a whole other podcast. that's like but not just one episode like a whole series 
it could be a whole season's worth of (laughs) exactly yeah yes okay anyway let's refocus so what are some of the most interesting things that you have realized or um, learned since starting this process Mm -hmm. um we we kind of decided to go down the route of like productivity and talking about how this increases your productivity because I saw better sales and that even is such a masculine focused goal. Um, but the user data or the surveys that come back are almost never say that because it's actually women taking the surveys, right? And so they say things like, I have so much more self-awareness. I know myself. I have so much self-compassion. I trust myself. Um, things like that really just like, drill right down into my heart because when I look back at the whole process, I felt like I had this body and I didn't understand it. I didn't have the self-compassion. I felt this, this analogy that comes to your It was just like, I got an Ikea box full of furniture and the instructions were only in Mandarin. Like the fuck? So like you screw some pieces on here and glue some parts on there, but you like, don't really know. You got some extra stuff in a drawer over there. You're like, I don't know where that goes. Um, And that's, that highlights a a inequity on the planet that I am no longer here for. I have no more patience for, I have no more space or energy for. So I want to do everything to counter that gigantic inequality that we're facing. And so when I hear people say that, like for the first time in my life as a 40 year old person, I'm excited to have a period, which, what does that say to me when you read between the lines? That means I, for so long, have not been excited about a period. And when your body is the thing making a period, what does that say on a, like a coaching perspective about right. the way you think about your, your physical body and yourself? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's just so, so, so much deeper than bleeding or not bleeding. It's about it like the essence to embody your physical space. And to fully accept ourselves as we are which is not something that we have been capable, capable is not the right word. Um, it's not allowed, something that encouraged. Yes, allowed, encouraged to do our entire lives and, and the, the generations prior to us. And that, I think that is, um, I think that's why I talk about it all the time, because if I can just, if I can help normalize it for somebody else, like you have done for me, then I want to, I want to be that for somebody else. And we are, we got a long way off from like, from that vision, but it it gives me hope and it, and it's something that keeps me driving forward in the really tough moments of building a business. And of that, there are many of them. Speaking Uh, (laughs) of really tough moments, I have my next question for you. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had a majestic meltdown since starting this and, or have you said, and, or how many times have you said, fuck it and look for another job or look for a job? I got really good at stopping myself from looking at jobs, mostly before I started the agenda period. So I would say like maybe twice in 20, 2021, I was like, just like put some feelers out there. So what's, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what, what level of skills do I have now from working for myself since 2018? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> salary brains we're looking at here. Uh, so in the past, before the agenda, I was, even when I started my coaching company, that was like a monthly occurrence during the moody of days. I was like, hey, yep. don't ever hire me again. I need to look for a job. <laughs> <laughs> so that is not as frequent, but the majestic meltdowns have been too hard to count all of them. Um, and something that you get, you are really good at reminding me of, and we need to get better at reminding of our, each other of is like, when we get to that point, if the North star is still true, take a break. Yeah. Don't give up yeah. because this is my brand brand of magic to bring to the world. Everyone has their brand of magic, whether that's in your family, at church, in your job, wherever, in your own business, everyone's got something. I, I really, truly believe in vocational discernment and this connect, this intersection between your gifts and skills and a need in your community. I believe that is true for every person that you may call it passion or flow. Um, but it's hard bringing passionful work to the world. And so yes. just like take a break. Don't give up. Yeah. And I, and the, so I'm currently in the break and I don't want to, I don't want to go too much into this because this is a podcast episode about you, not me, but I think this is really important. Um, I had subscribed to what society said I should do, right? Like um, get a job, have insurance, all of those things. And then, so when I quit, I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that what I needed to do uh, was to make an impact in the world. I just didn't know how to do that. And so I still fell into the same um, societal expectations of my career when I became a coach and still did the same things that everybody else was doing. And it wasn't until recently that I was like, I, I need to not do this. This is not who I am. And I'm not, I love what I do, but I'm not, I don't want to do it in this manner. And so you and I've had lots of conversations about what it is that I'm, I should be doing. <laughs> and, um, I, and I have a clearer idea of what that is. Um, but I, I still like this cycle for me has to be longer than what I would have normally expected. And prior to learning everything about the agenda and, and cycles in general, uh, I would have been totally beating myself up over taking this long, right? Like this is a, it's an extreme amount of time that I'm like, ah, I'm going to, I'm just going to chill for a bit. <laughs> I travel the world for a year and, and, you know, to be able to take that break and acknowledge it no matter the length, I think is so incredibly vital for all of us in all that we do, whatever your gender, because we have so much of our family, our friends, our societies telling us what we should do. And so uh, the long point of this is um, disrupt everything. <laughs> and I think that's why I love you so much because you are such a disruptor and <laughs> I'm an eight on the Enneagram. If anyone knows about the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why we click because when you told me about it, I was like, fuck yeah, man, this is going to, this is going to change the goddamn world. Let's yeah. Get it done. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what I love so much about the menstrual cycle is in a way become my spiritual practice because 
you only know what's really, really true for yourself if you stop and pay attention. Yes. Yeah. That is a much more concise way of saying what I just said in a really long way. <laughs> yeah. Stop we're, and we're, pay attention. Pay attention to what is true for you in your gut, in your soul, like in body. But if we are stuck living from here up, of course, if, sorry, the neck up, up. then of course we can't really drop down into that truth. And we reject that truth and we feel weird about that truth. So Mm -hmm. coming home to embody and inhabit all of yourself is a really key step to your big, bold work in the world. Yeah. No matter who you are, no matter what it is that you're supposed to do. Okay. I could continue to talk to you for hours and hours, but I know that that's not how a podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I have two final questions for you. All right, let's do it. The first one is what is one book recommendation you would give? Um, Beyond the one you already said, because I love that book, Wild Power is a really great period book. Um, So that's my recommendation wild power. All right. Perfect. Then the last question is if you could only share one thing with the next generation of women, what would it be? Track your menstrual cycle so that you can love yourself and understand your body. Boom. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Alex, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited that we finally made it happen. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I will see all of you beautiful. Actually, you will hear us soon. Why is this always so difficult? This last part is always so difficult. (laughs) I ain't got the clothes done yet. All right, let's try that again. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. And we will be back again next week. Have a beautiful day. A special thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. If you were inspired by this episode, would you do me a favor and let me know? Go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review or share this episode. This helps us spread the word and we get to continue sharing the stories that help bring your own ideas to life. Until next time.